Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Podcast by Canada Soccer Files. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are doing Group I of African Cup 2023 qualifying, which is already underway. That's right. And we already did a series on the teams uh, of the African Cup 2021. Uh, that was in January 22. Um, and we'll be changing our format a little bit as a result. Uh, rather than repeating uh, some of the stuff we podcasted there, we'll be providing a link in the show notes as well as the time at which each team is discussed in that podcast. So uh, interested listeners can go to soccerfiles.captivate.fm. That is soccer with a PH uh, in the middle and an S at the end, soccerfiles. Or if you just type Soccer Files Canada into Google, uh, we should come up. Yeah. And you can click on the link for the show notes to bring up uh, the information you need. And we're going to repeat that address at the end. Yeah. So that information will be a more detailed um, World Cup overview and a detailed look at the finals of African Cup tournaments, which we'll only cover briefly here. Uh, this time we will be focusing on African Cup qualifying campaigns in recent history. Uh, for teams that were not covered in the earlier set of podcasts, uh, we will give a more complete history here. Right. And so we divide this uh, podcast into three sections. So we'll look at each section. Uh, part one, Connor. So part one, we begin with a look at uh, who is in the group, which pot they came from, and some geographical information about each country. Right. And then part two is the, the main section and the long section. It's a team-by-team -team overview with a quick review of their participation and major achievements, an overview of their African Cup history uh, and World Cup history, but only those teams that uh, we didn't cover before. Uh, we'll do for every team a deep dive into their African Cup qualifying history. That's kind of the feature of this series. And then we'll finish with a brief look at their players, especially the ones who've been scoring for them, and a summary with a sense of their form coming into this uh, qualification. And for part three, we end with a comparison of the teams through their head-to-head -head meetings and FIFA and ELO rankings. Uh, that will launch us into a discussion of their prospects and our predictions. Uh, and we can also check how accurate we are by checking the first two sets of the six-set qualification, which took place in June. Um, neither of us has looked at the results. Um, we'll do that live um, so we can make specific predictions, which can then be checked. Right. We've been avoiding uh, spoilers. Uh, okay. And then at the end, we'll once again provide the links uh, to those who want to uh, go back and listen to uh, previous podcasts on the team for more details. And uh, today I am wearing a Canada shirt, uh, Connor. Really, uh, two teams have red in it, but really it's it's my lack of African shirts that uh, that is driving me here. Yeah. Well, nothing special for me. Um, just a shirt with uh, with Edmonton. Oh, okay. On it. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, let's begin with part one and then just an introduction of the teams. All right. Um, so the pot one team in this group was uh, Congo DR. Uh, the pot two team is Gabon. Uh, from pot three, there's Mauritania. And from pot four, it is Sudan. And we were talking before uh, this podcast started that three of these four teams competed in the most recent African Cup. Um, and that's all of them except for the pot one team. Uh, Congo DR was not there, but Gabon, Mauritania and Sudan all made it. So um, are you expecting a tight group? 
Uh, I really am with this one. Um, <laughs> I think all four of them have a, a chance to get into the into the finals here. How yeah, about you? I, I think it will be tight. Um, I mean, Congo DR, of course, not making the last African Cup. Um, you know, a bit of a surprise. Yeah. And then the other three teams did did get there and at times played well. So I think you have four um, competitive teams in this group. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really those... looking forward to uh, the discussion at the end. because. Uh, uh, but after we look at the histories, I think uh, um, we'll be in a better position to, to judge. Uh, let's move on to the um, a bit of geographical information about the country, starting with the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah, so we have a couple uh, large countries in terms of area in this group. Um, so Congo DR is the second largest country in Africa um, at 2.3 million square kilometers. And it has a population of about 95 million, uh, which is the fourth most populous country in Africa. So really a, a large country, whichever way you look at it. Mm -hmm. Okay, how about Gabon? So Gabon is the one small country of these four. Um, in terms of uh, size, it's uh, 267,000 square kilometers, which ranks 30th out of 54 countries in Africa. And it has just 2.2 million people, uh, which is 44th out of 54. So um, again, on the smaller side um, of teams competing in the uh, qualification. Right, uh, but they do well for themselves given their size. Yeah, uh, yeah Mauritania next. Yeah, Mauritania is um, a large and sparsely populated country uh, in Northwest Africa. Um, it's just over a million square kilometers, which ranks 11th in Africa, but its population ranks 39th with just 4.6 million people. Right. Okay. And then the last country, uh, Sudan. Uh, so Sudan um, was formerly the largest country in Africa until South Sudan uh, split from it in 2011, um, but it still has an area of two and a half um, two and a half million square kilometers, um, which ranks it second. Or, um, yeah, no, uh, before it split, it was two and a half million. Oh, right. That's right. Now it's 1.8 million, um, so it ranks third. So just behind right. Congo DR. And its population has about 44 million people. So 10th largest in Africa, but still only half of, of the DR Congo. Right, and I think the uh, map that I'm showing for the YouTube watchers is uh, a bit out of date there because I think that map is including South Sudan. Anyway, let's do a kind of a, a, an overview to compare them. Uh, uh, which is the biggest, Connor? So Congo um, is the biggest in terms of population and size, um, 95 million people. Um, next is Sudan with 44 million people. Um, so it's only a little bit smaller in terms of area, but half the population, as I said. Um, then it's a huge jump down to Mauritania with uh, 4.6 million. So that's about a tenth of Sudan's. And then Gabon is the smallest with 2.2 million. All right. So uh, uh, really uh, laid out uh, in terms of uh, population, but the uh, strength of those countries don't necessarily match. And I think that's an interesting, interesting thing about this group for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, we'll launch into part two, the team-by-team -team overview, and starting with uh, Congo DR, who played their first international game uh, in 1963, and they've changed their names a couple of times. They were Congo Leopoldville, 
and then Congo Kinshasa, and then Zaire, and now Congo DR. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're going to tell us their nicknames, I think. Yeah, their nickname is the Leopards. Um, their nickname used to be the Simbas, which meant the lions in Swahili. Um, however, the Swahili name was unpopular to non-Swahili speakers, so um, the Leopards is what they've used since 2006. Okay, cool. Uh, let's go to an overview of their participation and achievements. So, uh, as we said, they've gone under a few names. Uh, it was Congo Shinsasa in the 1960s, Zaire from uh, 1970s to 1997, and then Congo DR, Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, after that. I don't know a lot about the politics, Connor, but I don't really think it's a democratic country. Do you know? No. Uh well, it, yeah, it's, it's not democratic. Um, it's, it's interesting the countries that choose to use that name, um, you know, North Korea. Yeah. Democratic in their name. So, um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily reflect the actual situation. Right. Okay. Well, their entry for the 1970 uh, World Cup was not accepted. So they entered their first cup in 1974. And then they withdrew in 1978 and didn't enter in 1986, but have participated consistently since 1990. Uh, their African Cup uh, history began earlier in 1965. Here, too, they missed a tournament. It was a bit patchy at the beginning, uh, paralleling what I said about the World Cup. And um, But they haven't missed the African Cup qualification from 1986 onwards. Yeah, in terms of achievement, they qualified for the World Cup uh, in their first campaign in 1974, that's quite impressive. Yeah, Zaire um, was uh, was strong at that time. Yeah, um, that remains their only visit to the finals. Um, however, they have come close um, recently, and we'll take a look at that later. Um, they reached the final round of qualifying about half the time. Um, and then they also had early success in the African Cup, winning it in their second campaign in 1968 and again in 1974. So that same year they qualified for the World Cup. They earned third place in 1998 and 2015 and reached the cup about two-thirds of the time. Yeah, so the World Cup uh, final round about half the time and the African Cup about two-thirds of the time. All right, well, we didn't cover uh, Congo DR. They were a bit of a, a surprise non-participant in, uh, in the African Cup earlier this year. So we will begin with a World Cup overview. And uh, shortly after becoming a football nation, uh, known then as Sair, they had an incredible run reaching the 1974 World Cup finals, as Connor just said, as Connor said. Uh, they were out of their league once there, though, losing all three games. Uh, despite reaching the final round of qualifying from 1998, they didn't come close again to the Cup until 2006, when they finished second in their qualifying group. But they were still five points behind the single qualifying team. Uh, they didn't reach the final round uh, of qualification after that until 2018, where they fell uh, only one point behind Tunisia, uh, who advanced. So a little later we'll look and see, or oh, right away here we'll see how they did uh, after that close call in 2018. Uh, let's see how they did in 2022. All right, so Congo DR received a bye in the first round, which is just a preliminary round. Um the weakest of the pot one teams faced a competitive campaign um, 
that is that that was Congo. Um, and they got off to a slow start with a home draw against pot 14 Tanzania. They tied their next game in Benin and later lost in Madagascar. But it was their only loss and they won all others, moving up from third place after four games to finish first in round two of three. There they met Morocco in a final playoff round, um, tying at home but losing by a three-goal margin away. So uh, ultimately no match for a stronger uh, Moroccan team. Yeah, and I let it out accidentally that we were doing this, uh, Connor. So now I think Congo DR is phoning me, uh, asking me to manage their team through the uh, through the rest of qualification. But you know, I'm doing this. I'm too busy uh, to to do that. Yeah, we'll stay focused. Yeah. Okay. So a great uh, uh, result there, uh, reaching the final round, uh, the final playoff round. Uh, of qualification, even though they were no match for uh, Morocco there. Uh, and now we'll turn our attention to the African Cup, uh, starting with an overview again, since we didn't do that in 2020 uh, for, the, for the previous African Cup. So as in the World Cup, they got off to a really good start, uh, winning the 1968 and 1974 uh, African Nations Cups. Uh, they disappeared into the woodwork after that, though, uh, failing to enter a few cups until emerging strong again in the 1990s until th 2006, reaching the cup every time and passing the group stage six of the eight times. Uh, it peaked uh, early there in 1998 with a third place finish. And then uh, they suffered three non-qualifications in a row from 2008 to 2012 and returned in 2013. Uh, from 2013, again, they passed the group stage three of the next four times and took third place again in 2015. So we're going to take a close look at the last two campaigns there. Uh, but uh, first, we're going to do our deep dive into African Cup qualifying. And we have divided this into three sections. Uh, 1965 to 1976 is the first. And Connor, will you be doing the second section? Yes. Okay, so I'll start with the early history here. Uh, as we've mentioned, their first African Cup was in 1965, but qualification there was convoluted. Uh, playing under the name of Congo Leopoldville there, they came second in a three-team group, losing to Ivory Coast and Liberia away, but beating both of them at home. So they were out. But when Egypt withdrew... Uh, three second-place finishers were recalled to uh, play off for Egypt's spot. Uh, Sudan declined, so Congo Leopoldville were set to play off with Guinea, but then Guinea withdrew. Uh, withdrew, so Congo Leopoldville advanced uncontested. Fortunately, not all of the qualifications are that convoluted. Uh, in 1968, they were now known as Congo Kinshasa, and they faced Sudan in the opening round. Uh, they won 3-2 at home, but lost 1-0 uh, away. Uh, Sudan would have won this on away goals, but uh, that criterion didn't exist at the time, and the matter was resolved with a playoff game played in the neutral location of Uganda. Um, so uh, they won that playoff game, and then they won both legs over Tanzania in round two, uh, and qualified. 
Uh, that was the cup which they won uh, in 1968, and uh, it qualified them automatically in 1970. Uh, in 1972, they were now playing under the name of Zaire, and they won rock out, uh, knockout rounds over Uganda and Zambia to, to reach that cup. Uh, 1974 qualification saw them win both legs of the first round and uh, win and win the second round too, to despite uh, despite an away loss, uh, just as in 1972. Uh, here in 1974, they advanced past Upper Bolta in the first round and Cameroon in the second, and they went on to win their second title. Uh, that earned them automatic qualification in 1976 but they only managed a single draw in that qualifying tournament, and that initiated a weak period in their history. So uh, the second section starts with that weak period. It's from 1978 to 1990. Yeah, thanks. Um, so Congo DR or Zaire uh, did not enter in 1978 and then did not qualify on their return in 1980, uh, beating Congo in the first round but falling to Guinea in the second uh, losing the away leg in both. 1982 was the same result, beating Mozambique in the first round, but in turn bested by Ghana in the second. This poor run continued with their withdrawal in 1984. In 1986, they reached a final round of qualification by besting Gabon and Congo, but were bested themselves by Morocco in the final round. Finally, in 1988, they reached the cup once again, winning on goal difference over Angola, who they traded home wins with, and Senegal on penalties after exchanging scoreless draws over the two legs. They failed in 1990, though, being bested by Egypt. 1992 saw the Cup expanded to 12 teams, and qualification changed from mostly knockout rounds to qualifying groups. Zaire won all games at home that year, and despite earning only a draw on the road against Gabon, finished first. It was first again in 1994, though their undefeated record was on the road there, unusually trading away wins with Kenya. 1996 was a poor start, tying at home to Malawi and losing to Cameroon and Zimbabwe on the road. However, they won all games after that to finish first again. 1998 saw them finish second behind Togo, but with the cup expanded to 16 at this point, second place was enough to advance. It was halfway through that campaign that their name changed from Zaire to Congo DR. All right, those are kind of the middle years. And uh, the third section deals with 2000 to 2017. So uh, 1998 had seen them finish third to cap four trips past the group stage of the cup. In 2000, they were knocked out at the group stage and they generally waned in strength. Uh, 2000 started with a reasonably good campaign to finish second behind the, uh, behind Zambia, but 2002 was less convincing, tying Lesotho in their first game at home and their away tie with them uh, um, uh, was the only away point. It got them through, though, in second place. Uh, 2004 was a better qualification, winning all games at home and tying twice on the road to finish first ahead of Libya but they lost all games in the cup that year. Uh, 2006 qualification was based on World Cup qualification re results, and second place in their 16 group easily saw them through to the African Cup. But 2008, despite being a good campaign, where they were undefeated at home and tied twice on the road, left them in second place 
uh, and only the first place team advanced there. So they missed the African Cup in 2008. And that was the first time they had done so since 1990. Uh, 2010 was also based on World Cup qualifying that year. And they had finished third in their group behind Malawi and failed to reach the cup for uh, the second time in a row. And then it became three in 2012, where they came third in a tough group with Senegal and Cameroon, uh, both of whom uh, finished ahead, of course. Uh, they finally reached the cup again in 2013, beating Seychelles and Equatorial Guinea in knockout rounds to get there, but tying all games in the cup and failing to pass the group stage. 2015 saw them in another tough group and they finished third again, this time behind Cameroon and Ivory Coast. But here, third place proved enough to uh, enough as they advanced by dint of being the top third place finisher. Uh, so a competitive campaign there. Uh, despite tying all three cups uh, or, or all three games in the cup again, they passed the group stage this time and finished third in the end. Perhaps that gave them confidence back because in 2017, they won all games except for a loss in Central African Republic for a comfortable first place finish. All right, well, let's see how they did in the last uh, two campaigns, beginning with 2019. So they had an inconsistent qualifying campaign which saw, which saw them tying all three games on the road. They beat Congo and Liberia at home while losing there to group winner Zimbabwe and finished second in the qualifying group, um, but that was enough uh, to get them to the tournament. A poor start in the cup, though, began uh, with them losing their opener to Uganda. A more understandable loss to host Egypt saw them on the brink before a big, if not altogether deserved win over Zimbabwe saw them advance in third place. In the knockout round, they scored a goal in the 90th minute to bring a rampant Madagascar to penalties in the round of 16. However, they lost there in a shootout. Right, and that was an exciting game. Uh, Madagascar really playing above themselves. And it seemed like their dream had suffered a reality check when Congo uh, DR scored an equalizer in the 90th minute. But uh, as you said, the matter went to penalties and uh, Congo DR fired two shots over the net. So Ooh. Madagascar... <laughs> Uh, won after just eight penalties and, and continued on their glorious run. Yeah, that was a bit of fun. Uh, let's see how they did in 2021. So 2021 was a decent campaign, but a disastrous result um, as they came in as a top-seeded team, as they are here, but finished third in the qualifying, or third in the group stage. They lost only in Gabon. Sorry, you're, you're right. It's third in the qualifying group. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in the qualifying group, they lost only in Gabon, who bested them um, and finished second. But the damage was done by two home draws. They bested surprise winners Gambia, uh, but finished only ahead of Angola. So it was a very close group. Gambia and Gabon finishing with 10 points and Congo DR with nine. Yeah, very close group. Uh, interestingly, Gambia, the lowest seeded team in the group, uh, finished first, even though uh, Congo DR bested them. So uh, they'll definitely be on the lookout for, for something like that uh, this time. Um, uh, coming yeah. in as the first seed here uh, again. 
All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the uh, history section, and we'll just take a quick look at the uh, players. Connor, I was going to ask you uh, before the podcast if you wanted to cover kind of their club affiliations, but I'm not sure if you're prepared for that. There's some I recognize, and in fact, there'll be names that that people here do recognize because they do have a lot of players playing overseas, some in England, some in Belgium, um, some in France, so different places all over. Um, their top goal scorer in 2022 World Cup qualifying uh, was Drew Mercy and Bocani, um, who had spells at Norwich and Hull, um, and also Johan Vissa of Brentford. He, he got himself on the score sheet as well. Right, and uh, before, uh, in the three games, uh, three campaigns before that, uh, Cedric Bakambu uh, was their top scorer. And uh, um, let me see, sorry. Uh, do you know much about him? Um, I don't. Um, no, and he wasn't on the score sheet recently, so I'm wondering how, um, if he's still involved in the team yeah that's that's what i'm wondering too if he uh if he is retired uh definitely it's a name uh that's been around for a while uh but uh we'll probably be familiar with yannick balassi and mm. uh to my surprise he's still playing yannick balassi yeah he uh, had a long spell at palace also everton and cedric bacambu i'm just seeing he currently plays for marseille so you know big enough team yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they certainly have an, a number of stars. They have one uh, playing for Toronto there, uh, Chris Mavinga, but he hasn't got a lot of experience with the team. Um, any others you want to point out, or uh, shall we move on? I think we can move on. Um, as you mentioned, they're a big population, and you know they do have players playing overseas more than some of the other teams. Certainly more than Mauritania and Sudan. You know, we're in this group with them. So, yeah, they're kind of like, uh, you know, we mentioned them being in some really difficult qualifying groups in the past, but this is a team that you think has a lot of potential. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well. And I think uh, I think they'll be a bit cautious here. Uh, I just want to point out a couple of other players, uh, veterans. Isama Mpeko, he's 33, uh, though. He has 76 cap. Uh, Naiskins Cabano. Uh, has 32 caps, but he's 30 years old. And then uh, one more, uh, Charles Mbemba, who plays for Porto. Uh, he has 66 caps, but he's just 27 years old. Anyway, a wealth of talent on the team. Certainly. All right, well, let's finish with a summary and then a look at their uh, uh, current form. Uh, so after becoming the first sub-Saharan team to reach the African, uh, sorry, to reach the World Cup in 1974, uh, they never reached it again, despite coming close in 2006. And uh, in the, both recent campaigns, they seemed strong in African club play, uh, best defined really by their week periods, which was only 1978 to 1990, and then from 2008 to 2013. Otherwise, they're strong, uh, not only reaching the Cups, but usually passing the group stage, uh, that they failed in 2021 with the Cup having, to ex having expanded to 24 teams. It's a bit embarrassing, but uh, it's not enough to define another week period. Yeah, 2015 marked their third period of strength with a third place finish in the African Cup. Uh, they passed the group stage in 2017 and 2019 
and were very competitive with Tunisia in 2018 World Cup qualifying, falling just one point short of reaching the cup, um, and respectable in 2022, reaching the final playoff. In that light, failing to reach a cup in 2021 seems merely unfortunate, uh, especially since it wasn't a particularly weak performance. Right, so uh, they are certainly a part one team here. Uh, you know, even if that 2021 is a bit of a stain on their record. Uh, okay, let's move on to Gabon. Uh, their first international game was in 1960. And how about their nickname? Their nickname is the Panthers. All right. Uh, okay, well, we'll take a look at their participation and achievements here. So Gabon first entered World Cup qualification in 1966 but they withdrew as part of the African-Asian boycott. Uh, they didn't enter in 1970, though, uh, rather entering for the first time in 1974. Oh, wait, they didn't. They withdrew. And then they didn't actually complete their first qualification until 1990. So, uh, But they have been consistent since then. Uh, they entered their first African Cup in 1972, and they completed that uh uh, that qualification, but it was patchy after that, and only from 1984 was their participation consistent. In terms of achievement, they have never reached the World Cup. Their best finish was in second place in the final group in 2010, four points behind Cameroon, who did advance. They have reached the African Cup seven times and have passed the group stage in three of these, uh, their quarterfinals in 1996 and 2012 being their best finishes. Right, and 2012 was uh, was one of the the two recent years that they've hosted, so that helped them. Now we did cover Gabon in the uh, in the podcast earlier this year. Actually, we did uh, both uh, their group and their players, so those are available uh, through the show notes. And we're going to move on. Uh, rather than repeating their World Cup history, we're just going to look at their uh, last campaign in 2022. So Gabon received a bye in round one of three, which was a preliminary round. Um, in the group stage, they were undefeated at home, which included tying group winners Egypt, but they lost all on the road. Um, a scrappy battle among the bottom three saw them coming out ahead of Libya on goal difference and two points ahead of Angola, uh, to finish second, but it wasn't enough to move on to the final round. Right, and there were a couple of close games there. Uh, actually, uh, Libya scored at 89 uh, when Gabon visited them uh, to complete a comeback. That was, uh, yeah, a comeback. They won 2-1, having been down a goal. Uh, and also, Gabon gave up late, uh, late points um, uh, when visitor Egypt came and got an equaliser um, an equalizer at 90, despite having taken a red card at 70. Yeah, some heartbreaking losses there. Yeah. Yeah, those last few minutes of games, always dangerous. All right, well, we're going to move on to the African Cup, but again, we'll kind of skip the overview and uh, go right to the African Cup qualifying in detail. So again, we've divided it into three sections. The first part from 1972 to 1990. So here we go. They first entered in 1972 and were promptly knocked out by Ivory Coast, losing both legs, but only by a one-goal margin. Uh, they withdrew in 1984 and then didn't enter in 1978. 
Um, and they actually had received a buy in the preliminary round in 1978, uh, a preliminary round which only two teams had to undergo. Uh, but they were the only team um, to receive a buy in the following round. Uh, why this is is unknown, but it's certainly not based on their record. Uh, that meant they only had to play Congo to reach the cup. Uh, they lost the away leg in 3-2, uh, three, uh, so they had a good chance to reach the cup at home. However, that finished a 3-3 draw, and they were knocked out. Um, they didn't enter in 1980, and they withdrew in 1982 uh, to end a fairly weak early history, although they were close in uh, 1978 there. Uh, that continued as they wouldn't reach the cup again until 19. Uh, they wouldn't reach the cup until 1994, but their participation was consistent from 1984. Uh, there, they were bested by Angola in a preliminary round, and it was the same at the hands of Zaire in 1986. They lost to Angola in a preliminary round again in 1998, but it was a bit more competitive. Uh, winning rather than tying the home leg and forcing the matter to penalties, although they lost. 1990 was much better, passing the preliminary round on goal difference over Burkina Faso and advancing over Ghana in penalties, uh, but then losing in the final round to Zambia on goal difference, having won at home and lost away in all three of the uh, qualifying rounds. Uh, that initiated, though, a competitive middle history for Gabon. And Connor's going to do the next section from 1992 to 2008. So 1992 saw the Cup expanded to 16 teams and the turn to group stage qualification. Uh, they picked up where they left off, coming a close second in a group topped by Zaire. Uh, they finished tied on points, but just behind on goal difference, uh, having lost only one game, which was away in Zaire. They were thus well-deserving of reaching the Cup in 1994 with an impressive undefeated campaign, dropping points only in two ties with Cameroon, who they knocked out. They reached the Cup again in 1996, suffering only a loss in Zambia, who they finished ahead of, though both went through this time, the Cup having now expanded to 16 teams. Um, 1998 saw them lose only in Kenya, but too many draws, including two with Cameroon, left them in third place but they made it three out of four successful campaigns in 2000. Despite earning only a draw on the road, they won all home games and advanced in second place behind South Africa. 2002 then uh, began a, um, a strong uh, series of non-qualifications until 2010. That should be a, a string of non-qualifications, sorry. That's all right. Um, so an odd campaign in 2002 saw them beat group winners Morocco home and away, uh, one of the few teams to ever win in Morocco, but they were bested by both Tunisia and Kenya to finish a competitive third, tied on point with second place Tunisia. 2004 was far weaker, earning two wins at home but losing all other games, and even second place Sierra Leone did not advance. 2006 was based on their World Cup qualification, and fourth in a group of six left them out of the African Cup. Second place behind Ivory Coast in 2008 also froze them out of the cup. 
Okay, and then the modern section uh, begins here in 2010. So they returned to the Cup in 2010, their World Cup qualification run where they finished behind Cameroon but ahead of Togo, uh, easily enough to qualify them uh, since Togo in third place also made it. Uh, 2012 was an automatic qualification based on co-hosting with Equatorial Guinea. Uh, that was the year where star, uh, star Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, was very impressive. 2013 was a shortened qualification where the participants in 2012 were given uh, a bye to the final round of qualification, perhaps a bit unfairly so. Uh, there in that third round, they met Togo. Uh, but they were bested to interrupt their string of appearances in the final, uh, in the finals during this period. They responded with a good campaign in 2015, winning all at home and tying all on the road to finish ahead of Burkina Faso, uh, who also went through. In 2017, they qualified automatically by hosting, uh, but they did go through a mock qualification for the sake of team development. Uh, we won't cover that, though, as it's it's not very important. Okay, so um, uh, consistent qualifications, four out of five up until 2017. Let's see how they did in 2019. Well, coming off hosting, 2019 uh, saw a very poor campaign, losing twice to winners Mali, who they were supposed to be competitive with, and twice tying Burundi. Um, and losing the second place spot to them, which was an advancing spot. So they, they beat uh, a very weak South Sudan twice, um, but finished third in their qualifying group. All right, a bit disappointing to finish behind uh, Burundi there. Let's see if, if they did any better in 2021. So they won all home games in qualifying, but managed only a single draw on the road, though it was against top-seeded Congo DR, who finished third. They exchanged home wins with surprise first place finisher Gambia um, and bottom play, bottom finishing Angola to finish second in the qualifying group. Yeah, so uh, again, that same uh, group with the shock winner Zambia that we saw with Congo DR. Um, and actually, uh, Gambia and Gabon finished tied on the top. And uh, do there, there, there's a whole bunch of uh, criterion, uh, tie-breaking criterion, the first one, for example, is goal difference, and then it's uh, uh, goals uh, four and away. Anyway, it was the seventh tie-breaking criterion uh, of scoring more goals in the group that separated them from first place. But it doesn't matter too much because Gambia and Gabon both went through. Wow. Right, and how did they do in the tournament? So in the tournament, they beat Comoros in their opener and then tied Ghana and Morocco uh, to finish second in the group stage. Um, this despite some of their best uh, players missing. Yeah, including uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who was uh, um, out, not with COVID, but I think something COVID-related, but uh, they, they were uh, missing him. Uh, they actually earned a tie against Ghana on a goal at 88 and then a brawl broke out, um, uh, ensued after the game, uh, Ghana getting a red card 
in the game. It was kind of comical. Uh, uh, I reviewed the video and the guy really hauled off and punched one of the uh, Gabon players and then probably knowing he was in trouble, uh, uh, ran away to hide out in the dressing room. Uh, and then the referee was uh, standing on the field, making it perfectly clear that he was giving a red card for it. Yeah, those um, that was a very interesting group. Of course, Ghana failed to go through, mm -hmm. um, and, and Minos Comoros um, did advance. But yeah, some some very entertaining games. Of course, the drama of the game with Ghana, but a two-two tie with Morocco is a quite an exciting game as well. Yeah, that's right. How did they do in the uh, in the round of sixteen? So there they met Burkina Faso, um, and in a game, um, and ended up losing. Um, in penalties, but it was a game um, that saw 15 yellow cards um, and 18 spot kicks at the end of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, they won. Uh, they lost 7-6 uh, there to Burkina Faso. So uh, they were a man down, uh, actually, at 67, uh, but they managed to push things to extra time. Uh, with an equalizer in injury time at 90 plus one. And again, missing uh, some of their key players. So uh, a pretty good showing by Gabon in the end. For sure. Right on. Okay, well, let us move on to uh, a look at their players. So we've mentioned probably their biggest name, uh, Pierre-Emerick um, Aubameyang. Any other familiar names there for you, uh, Connor? Well, there were a couple of players that, that quite stood out um, for me in the African Cup. Um, and Aaron Bupenza was one of them. I thought he was he was quite good. Um, and Dennis Buanga was another player who did well. And, of course, as, as a Carter fan, I'd be hard-pressed not to mention Bruno Aquelmenga, one, a one-time Cardiff player and uh, one, well, actually one of my favorite players. I, I, I kind of thought he might be uh, coming up. <laughs> well, one of those players, and I'm just looking it up now, is either Buango, uh, um, uh, Buango or Bupenta, uh, was one of the other players uh, missing in this most recent cup. Though he has impressed, uh, he has impressed in other ones, and I'm just uh, uh, curious because you know it was kind of uh, doom and gloom uh, for for. Uh, Gabon because of because of him and uh, Pierre Emerick and uh, Aubameyang missing and it was uh, um, yeah it was uh, Buanga who who uh, uh, who was missing from the cup so uh, we see Jim Alavina there uh, kind of stepped in uh, kind of stepped in scoring two goals for them and then two goals in World Cup qualifying so. Um, they managed to kind of overcome that, uh, uh, overcome that. And I think we've, I mean, there are other kind of names, uh, but not many more big names to mention. Maybe uh, Andre Biogo Poco, who plays in Turkey and has 76 caps. Uh, any more that we should mention? I think we've, uh, yeah, we've covered the main ones there. Yeah, there's, there's no uh, kind of really big clubs uh, beyond the ones we've mentioned. Um, oh, did you know Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was with uh, Barcelona now, by the way? Uh, yes, yeah, moved from Arsenal, so kind of a, a recent transfer earlier this year. Yeah, that must have been uh, kind of at the end of uh, at the end of the season there. 
Okay, well, let's move on to a summary and then uh, look at their form. So uh, they're remarkable for their strong home performances, losing very rarely there. Uh, their strong period in the late 90s was a bit of an illusion and was predicated mostly on reaching the cup, which was a good achievement for them at the time. Uh, we saw that they were a fairly small country, so uh, reaching the cup's a good thing. Uh, but that success in African Cup was not matched in World Cup play as they reached the final round of qualifying only in 1998. Uh, but the opposite was true in 2000 when they did reach the uh, final round of World Cup qualification, but uh, failed to reach the African Cup. Um, sorry, I should I should say the early 2000s uh, there. So uh, fairly consistent qualification from 2010 was aided by the hosting of two cups, uh, but fairly consistent appearances are probably predictable now that the cup has expanded to 24 teams. Um, although they ironically failed to reach the first of these. Yeah, campaigns have been middling in recent years, finishing second or third in their groups. Uh, finishing behind Burundi in 2019 was poor, but their performance in the Cup in 2021 was impressive, um, considering they're without some of their top players due to COVID, uh, as you mentioned. Um, it doesn't leave a really strong sense of where they are, um, but there is consistency in them being uh, strong at home. On the road, they are inconsistent, uh, sometimes weak, but sometimes putting in good showings. All right. Well, uh, that is the second of the teams. And now we move on to Mauritania. And uh, do we have a nickname for them? Um, the Yeah, not a common one. I'm, I'm not sure if I see it. I, I did come up with Lions of Chinguetti, but I'm not sure how, how common that is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently uh, it's an ancient dynasty. Uh, no, the, uh, there's a different name, Les uh, Murabitouns, which, again, I've never heard them called that uh, during the African Cups, but that was an ancient dynasty that ruled Mauritania. Let us just uh, skip that because I'm not dead sure about their nicknames. Shall we move on? Sure. Uh, participation and achievements first. Okay, great. Yeah, they first entered World Cup qualification in 1978, and uh, it took, though, until 1998 to complete their second qualification. Uh, they did play in African Cups during that interim, uh, though participation was fairly patchy. Having entered in 1980, they missed four of the eight additions to 1994, and they also withdrew in 2000. Actually, their spotty participation record uh, has continued uh, to where even from 2012 to 2014, they were absent from both African Cups. So they've only actually been consistent uh, since 2015. In terms of achievement, they have never come close to the World Cup. Uh, African Cup play is better with a few competitive campaigns under their belt, and we'll, we'll look at their most recent one shortly. That's right. We actually are going to skip their World Cup history because that was done in the January podcast earlier this year. So you can look that up um, uh, if you want a bit more detail. But we are going to look at their most recent World Cup campaign in 2022. How did they do, Connor? So they did get a buy in the preliminary round. Um, and then in the group stage, they were perhaps uh, misplaced as a third place seed um, over Equatorial Guinea. 
um, who were fourth and who ended up finishing second. Um, the, Mauritania tied Equatorial Guinea and top seed Tunisia at home, um, but lost both to Zambia um, and finished uh, last in round two of three, um, picking up just two points. Yeah, not a great performance, but I would say that's a fairly tough group. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, well, we're also going to skip our African Cup overview and uh, go directly to their qualifying, uh, or their African Cup qualifying in detail. And uh, this is a bit shorter than the other ones. We begin with 1980 to 1996. So their first entry was in 1980, and they did well to tie Morocco in their first game. Unsurprisingly, though, Morocco won the second to knock them out at the first step. In 1982, they exchanged home wins with with Mali, and they were knocked out on goal difference. And uh, as we saw, they didn't enter in 1984, but they won a preliminary round over Liberia in 1986 uh, and went through on goal difference. So it was the second round where they were knocked out, bested by Algeria. Uh, They didn't enter in 1988 and withdrew in 1990. Uh, in 1990, where they forfeited a preliminary round to Libya. But they returned in 1992. Uh, again, that was the year the Cup that was, expand- was expanded to 12 teams and group qualification became the norm. So they and Gambia, however, were the only teams slated to play in a preliminary round. But they won that on goal difference uh, over Gambia, both of them winning at home there. Uh, However, the group stage proved too much as they lost all games and they finished last behind Niger. Strangely, they withdrew from their home game with Ivory Coast there um, in 1992, but they are registered as finishing the campaign, but not in 1994 where they withdrew from the whole tournament. Um, However, in 1996, even though a lot of other teams withdrew uh, from the 1996 tournament, um, they had a reasonably competitive campaign, tying their first two games away in Senegal and Togo. Uh, All three of those finished behind Tunisia and Liberia, though, despite Mauritania losing only to Senegal at home. Uh, okay, on to the second section from 1998 to 2010. So 1998 was poor, losing 4-1 in Benin to get knocked out in the preliminary round. They withdrew in 2000 and lost to the first step in 2002, bested by Burkina Faso. 2004 was direct entry into a group stage, but ties at home against Kenya and Togo was not enough to escape last place. 2006 and 2012. 10 qualification was based on World Cup qualifications for those years, and they had lost in a preliminary to Zimbabwe in 2006 and lost all games to Morocco and Rwanda in 2010, uh, Ethiopia having withdrawn. Um, In 2008, they had a decent campaign uh, going undefeated at home, including a draw with Egypt, uh, but they lost all on the road. It was good enough for second place ahead of Burundi and Botswana, but only first place Egypt advanced. All right. So still uh, haven't reached a cup. Let's see if they did in the modern period. Uh, we'll talk about 2012 to 17 here. Uh, and, well, actually, in 2012, they withdrew. and 2013, they didn't enter. 
2015 was a bit odd. It had three knockout rounds before a group stage, and they beat uh, Mauritius twice in the first of these, uh, but they lost to Equatorial uh, Guinea on goal difference in the second. However, they were reinstated when Equatorial Guinea was disqualified for fielding an, an ineligible player. Uh, they lost twice to Uganda in the third knockout round, though, and they failed to reach the group stage. Uh, so a pretty arduous process there. In 2017, they were quite competitive as they bested both South Africa and Gambia. However, they lost both games to group winners Gam uh, Cameroon, who were the only ones to advance. So we've reached uh, 2017, Connor, and Mauritania uh, doesn't have has never reached a cup let's see if they did in 2019 well 2019 uh first of all was an opportunity as the cup was expanded to 24 teams um and in that first uh first expanded tournament um in 2019 mauritania had a tremendous qualification um that saw them qualifying um while knocking out favorites burkina faso they, Angola, and Burkina Faso won all games um, at home, but greater consistency um, saw Mauritania and Angola beating Botswana away while Burkina Faso only tied them. Right. They almost actually gave up a, a, a tie uh, to Botswana, probably the weakest, well, the weakest team uh, at home. But uh, fortunately, they got a late winner. And uh, that was actually the result that knocked Botswana out. So, yeah, so they finished uh, second uh, in the qualifying group behind Angola um, due to an inferior goal difference in their head-to-head -head meetings. Um, but a record of four wins and two losses was, was pretty good. Yeah. So in their first ever African Cup, um, they began um, by losing heavily to Mali, um, but they did well to draw Angola and especially Tunisia. Uh, who eventually finished fourth in that tournament. Um, however, uh, they once again finished tied with Angola, but behind on goal difference, uh, this time to finish last in the group stage. All right. So, uh, yeah, they met uh, Angola both in qualifying and in the tournament and, and finished narrowly last behind them both times. Still reaching the cup was good. Yeah, for the first time. Um, yeah, let's see if... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to bring us into the 2021 quality. Yeah, let's see if they did it for a second time. So here they did very well to tie uh, eventual group winners Morocco, both home and away. Despite being bested by Burundi in their only loss, uh, besting Central African Republic was enough for second place in the qualifying group, which was an advancing position. In the tournament, however, they proved no match, losing all three games to Gambia, um, uh, losing games to Gambia, Tunisia, and Mali, um, and finishing last in the group um, and in the tournament, actually, as they were the only team to earn no points. Yeah, I imagine they were hoping to uh, uh, hoping to at least get points in that first game against Gambia. But uh, Gambia had a had a terrific year and actually uh, passed the group stage in second ahead of Tunisia. Yeah. All right, well, let's look at uh, some of their players. i got to confess, uh, even having watched them in two uh, African Cups uh, this year, I'm not really familiar uh, with any, except with uh, maybe Hassan Mokhtar Ali Day, 
who is one of their top scorers there. Uh, yeah. Do you know any of the players? Abubakar Kamara, um, once a full Amman now with um, Olympiakos, um, he would be kind of the only name that that I recognize. Um, yeah, and they didn't have any, they didn't score a goal at the 2021 African Cup, so we can't even mention a goal scorer there. Yeah. I mean, looking at the teams, uh, I would say, what, about half of them or a third of them play in uh, Mauritania. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, the rest seem to play for fairly small clubs in Europe or maybe in Africa. Yeah. Uh, I don't see Al uh, um, uh, Day on the list here, so I wonder if he is uh, uh, retired. Um, no, he isn't retired, but I, I don't see him playing recently. Uh, he has 50 caps uh, for the team and, um, uh, oh, only nine goals. I thought he had a, a few more than that. Yeah, anyway, as I said, he was kind of the the name uh, outstanding. And maybe Ismail Diakite, uh, who, who plays for one of the bigger clubs uh, um for uh, Mauritanian, he plays for Isfaxian in Tunisia, and he has 64 caps, uh, probably their their biggest veteran there. Uh, anything else you want to point out, or should we move on? Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, summarize um, yeah, Mauritania. Okay, well, in summary, uh, they remain a very weak team in World Cup play and have made no mark there. Uh, African Cup play is better, but really only in recent times. Uh, they did have uh, spikes of improved performances in 1996 and 2008, and maybe a good showing in 2017 foreshadowed their successful qualifications in 2019 and 2021. Not sure if it's uh, quite enough to, to call this a strong period, but definitely uh, good, uh, their best results in their history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, despite showing some competitiveness uh, before 2017, um, that 2017 performance was really worthy of a cup appearance as they uh, bested South Africa and fell only behind Senegal. That it continued through 2019 and 2021 does make it more than just a flash in the pan. It is now at the level, um, you know, you could argue of a good period, at least for the time being. And they have to be considered valid contenders for the cup. Um, that it has not shown a World Cup play, though, does uh, does lend a bit of skepticism. Yeah, and that's kind of why I I, I said uh, maybe it's not a good period because they're not really showing uh, the same level of play in the World Cup. So uh, who knows? That may be coming. Okay, well, we move on to our last team, uh, Sudan, and. Um, uh, do you have a nickname, or I think I have a nickname here? Yeah, the one I could find is the Secretary Birds. But do you have a different one? Yeah, yeah, I, I had a bit of confusion with these because I've also seen the Nile Crocodiles. Uh, but what I have heard in, in tournaments, actually, is the Falcons uh, or uh, uh, the Desert Hawks. So um, they, they actually have a nickname in, in Arabic, which... Uh, which um, I won't dare to pronounce, but uh, um, that that does refer to the bird. Uh, but as I say, when when I've heard it in tournaments, 
I can't remember if it's the Falcons or the Desert Hawks, but I'm pretty sure um, it's one of those two. So um, not that sure. I'll have to ask a, a Sudanese friend. All right. <laughs> a Sudanese friend who knows soccer. Uh, okay, well, let's begin with the participation and achievements there. So uh, Sudan's World Cup call of... I got to say, uh, um, I'm not kidding there. I, I'm lucky because I'm a substitute teacher and I sometimes uh, meet students from some of these countries and <laughs> I kind of clear up my, uh, my confusions with them. So uh, this year I did meet a, a girl from Sudan, but uh, she didn't know anything about soccer, so we talked about other things. Okay, participation. Sudan's World Cup qualification uh, actually began with three withdrawals from 1958 to 1966, making 1970 their first completed qualification. Uh, they also withdrew in 1978 and 1994, but have consistently participated since 1998. Uh, as one of the four founding members of CAF, uh, that's the uh, Confederation of African Football. They joined from the first cup in 1957. However, they either withdrew from or did not enter six editions, starting in 1962 and ending with two in a row from 1998 to 2000. Uh, they've joined all editions, though, from 2002 onwards. In terms of achievement, they have never reached the World Cup. Uh, their early African Cup history is glorious. They hosted the first cup and finished in the uh, in the top three in three of the first four editions. Their best result is winning it in 1970 when they hosted it for a second time. Right. So we don't uh, really see Sudan as a, as a strong team nowadays. But kind of like in Ethiopia, they had a glorious um, uh, period in their early years. And actually, we did uh, cover uh, the World Cup and African Cup overview in the podcast earlier this year. So uh, we're not going to do that here, but we will move on to uh, talk about their most recent campaign in 2022. So Sudan was among the bottom 28 ranked teams required to play in first in uh, the first round, which was a preliminary knockout round. Uh, their FIFA ranking was 129th. Um, and they met Chad, who were ranked 175. Uh, they won convincingly in the first legs. So it was only a minor disgrace that they tied uh, Chad at home. Right. And uh, actually, in that 3-1 uh, uh, win uh, on the road, it was uh, the same player, Ramadan Ajeb, who uh, scored all three of their goals. So they, they kind of put that qualification uh, behind them easy. Uh, Early, I'm not sure they should have even been in the preliminary round, to be honest. Yeah. Um, in the group stage, uh, they earned only a single home draw, though the game was actually played in Morocco. Um, but they did well to tie second seed Guinea twice and uh, second place finisher Guinea-Bissau away, although that game was also in Morocco. Uh, yeah, they scored at 88 to snatch a, a late win in Morocco there. Uh, in Morocco, but against Guinea, um, because of civil instability in Guinea, uh, they temporarily had uh, temporarily had to re relocate their home games to Morocco. Um, Morocco was also in the group. Um, they lost both games to Morocco um, at home and away, um, and they had a respectively competitive campaign. 
with three draws and three losses, but ties do not yield points, so they finished uh, last in the round. Right, so a weak performance, uh, a weak performance there. And uh, let's move on to their African Cup history. So we'll skip the overview and move on to uh, their qualifying. So the first period is uh, the early history, 1957 to 1970. So as we mentioned, as one of the founding members of CAF, uh, they participated uh, from the first edition. I think there were only four teams uh, there uh, or maybe three teams in the first edition. There was no qualification for this or the next edition uh, because so few teams were involved. Uh, and as we saw, they finished uh, third uh, in 57 and second in 1959. But they withdrew in 1962 and they returned in 1963. And no qualification was required there either um, as the team that they were paired with, uh, Kenya, withdrew. In 1965, they underwent their first qualifying campaign, which, uh, though unusual for the time, was a group qualification. Uh, to make a long story short, they actually won the group, but Kenya was later controversially disqualified and all of their results annulled. Uh, Ethiopia, who had lodged a complaint about Kenya, ended up on top after the recalculation. Uh, but the story didn't end there. Uh, after qualification, Egypt withdrew from the cup and uh, the CAF governing body decided to have all second place finishers recalled to play off for the position. So perhaps offended that um, Ethiopia had, had somehow gotten ahead of them, Sudan declined the invitation. Uh, and if they had declined in anger, their anger was soothed by 1968 as they did enter the competition, which was hosted by Ethiopia. In the first round of qualification, they lost 3-2 away and won 1-0 at home. Uh, I think we mentioned before that uh, away goals wasn't a distinguishing criterion here. They would have advanced if it, if it was. Uh, but the thing they did at this time was to have a playoff game in a neutral location. So they lost that game in Uganda. Uh, in Uganda. And 1970 was an automatic qualification by dint of hosting, and they won their first and only title uh, as hosts in 1970. However, uh, that kind of marked the end of their strength as they entered troubled times uh, from here on in. So to tell us about those troubled times, I give you Connor, hosting 1970 to 1986. So Sudan qualified in 1972 as defending champions, but followed up their title with a group stage exit. In 1974, they fell in round one of qualifying, bested by Nigeria. 1976 would be their last successful qualification for a long time, and they did it by beating Kenya twice in the first round, and after uh, exchanging home wins on away goals in the second. That seemed to be their first uh, year that away goals was used as a criterion. Um, obviously working in their favor. In 1978, they withdrew, forfeiting round one to Zambia, but they returned in 1980, passing round one with Uganda, or when Uganda withdrew, and exchanging home wins with Ivory Coast. They lost 4 nothing in Ivory Coast um, in the second leg, though, um, and lost out on goal difference. They did not enter in 1982, 
1984 saw them best Zambia in round one, but it was all over when Cameroon won 5 0 in the away leg for round two. Sudan won at home but could not make up the difference. Uh, they withdrew again in 1986, uh, Kenya, the beneficiary of their forfeit. Okay, and uh, the third section, they have a long history, so uh, four sections for Sudan here. The third section deals with 1988 to 2000. So after on-again, off-again participation, they did participate five times in a row from 1988. At best in Tanzania in round one of 1998, uh, sorry, 1988, they lost on goal difference to Cameroon in round two. In 1990, they didn't even reach round two and knocked out there on penalties by Kenya. 1992 saw the cup expand to 12 teams and group qualification became the standard format. So their group ended with Kenya, Mozambique and, and them all tied with four points. But Kenya went through by dint of scoring one more goal than the other two. Uh, 1994 saw them undefeated at home with two ties and a win, but a harsh last place finish having lost all on the road. Uh, math getting the better of them there. 1996 was also mathematically cruel, winning all five games at home except for an opening tie with Egypt and a single tie in Algeria on the road. And uh, that pretty good record was only good enough for fifth place of six. In 1998, they withdrew due to uncivil rest at, uh, oh, sorry, due to civil unrest at home, um, perhaps influenced by having lost their opening game three nothing at home to Zimbabwe. I don't mean the civil rest was influenced, but their withdrawal uh, influenced by a heavy loss in their opener. Uh, and in 2000, they didn't enter, uh, probably due to that civil unrest. All right, the last period deals with 2002 to 2017. So 2002 was a middling to weak campaign uh, with a win, draw, and four losses to finish last behind Libya. 2004 was a bit better, third place with wins over Tanzania and at home over Benin, uh, who were nevertheless the surprising winners ahead of Zambia. 2006 and 2010 were based on World Cup qualifying results, and in both cases, Sudan finished too low. However, it sandwiched an excellent qualification in 2008, where they won all games except for a loss in Tunisia, who they finished in first place ahead of. It was their first cup since 1987, but sadly, that qualifying performance was not reflected in a cup where they lost all their games. Right, just a correction there. It was their first cup since uh, 1976. Oh, all right. Yeah, sorry. Um, 2012 also saw them reach the cup. They were bested by group winners Ghana, but won all other games over Congo and Swaziland, and in a peak of performance, reached the quarterfinals of the cup. It was not followed up, uh, despite a generous qualifying route in 2013. Uh, teams participating in 2012 received a bye to the third round of qualification, and they only had to beat Ethiopia to get in. They won 5-3 at home, but lost 2-0 away, so were ousted on the away goals rule. Things got worse from there. Two buys in 2015 saw them through to the group stage, but they earned only a single win there, um, albeit over Nigeria, who also failed to qualify, South Africa and Congo finishing on top. 
2017 saw a home win over Sierra Leone and a home draw with Ivory Coast, but two losses away landed them in last place. All right. Well, that's a very long history uh, that they have and uh, a bit of a peak there from 2008 to 2012, uh, reaching two out of three cups in a row. Let's see if they've reached another cup since. Uh, how about in the 29 African Cup? Uh, 2019 uh, saw a poor result and a generally uh, and generally weak performances. Um, game four saw them almost holding group winner Senegal to a goalless draw until a late winner decided the matter, and it was followed by an unlikely win in Madagascar, who finished. Second. This gave them hope of beating Equatorial Guinea in their last game to take third place, but a heavy loss saw them finish last in the qualifying group. Sorry, that was uh, uh, FIFA phoning me to uh, discuss qualifying procedures for 2026, but I'm too busy to deal with that. All right. So in summary, in 2019, um, this campaign uh, was poor, just a single win and five losses, and was the first time in their long history where they failed to earn a point at home. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's not good because they're very dependent on their home form. Uh, let's see if they improve that in 2021. So Sudan lost to South Africa and Ghana away, but otherwise won all games, including a home win over uh, South Africa in the last game, which saw them leapfrog into a second-place finish uh, in the qualifying group, despite coming in, coming in as a third seed. Um, there, Sudan reasserted their tough home reputation with the win over Ghana, scoring a goal in the 92nd minute. They tied Guinea-Bissau in their tournament opener at the African Cup, then lost to Egypt and Nigeria to finish third in the group stage, uh, but last among third-place finishers, so they did not advance to the round of 16. All right. Well, at least they uh, kind of repaired their uh, home form there. And uh, let's take a look at uh, their players. Uh, are you familiar with any of these or any of these uh, jumping out at you? No, and uh, most of their squad, if not kind of all of their squad, plays locally in Sudan. Um, so no no players I recognize. We mentioned Ramadan Ajeb, who got three goals um, against uh, Chad in a, a preliminary round for um, 2022 World Cup qualifying. And then Waladin Kadir. Uh, scored their uh, only goal from the penalty spot at the African Cup in 2021. Yeah, I do uh, remember uh, Mohamed Abdel Rahman from the uh, the most recent African Cup. He got uh, three of their goals there. But uh, I got to say, um, not many of the other players are familiar to me here. All right, well, uh, maybe we should beef up on... Oh, oh wait, uh, I, I do remember Salah Nemer, their captain, who was a defenseman. He played pretty well in the Cup. But uh, he only has 16 caps, and he's 30 years old. So uh, not many of these players actually have uh, more than uh, 30 caps. There are um, There is one defender with 61 and a midfielder with 64, that midfielder with 64 is 37 years old, um, you know, so um, uh, the veterans they do have are, are kind of aging and maybe they're kind of uh, um, going through a, a refreshing period. 
replacing mm -hmm. veterans, aging veterans with young players. Anyway, shall we move on to a summary? Yeah. All right. Well, Sudan was a founding member of uh, CAF. That's the Confederation of African Football, the uh, equivalent of UEFA in Africa. And they benefited from the few teams involved in the early years. So their record looks quite strong there. Uh, after 1970, though, they grew progressively weaker. Uh, they came back into some form around 2006 to 2012, where their results improved, uh, in African Cup play at least. And it was crowned in 2012 with their first trip beyond the group stage uh, since winning their title in 1970. But that subsided quickly uh, uh, for the most part, except for a good qualifying campaign in 2021, uh, which brought them to the African Cup finals once more. So that good period ending in 2012 ended abruptly. And since they have earned only a single win in World Cup play, I'm in a preliminary over Chad. And in 2015 and 2019 African Cup campaigns that both saw them lose five games and win one. Uh, 2021 offers hope though, uh, both of returning to strength at home and to a resurgence um, of form like that of 2008 to 12. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of part two, our team by team overview. So now we're going to look uh, at the uh, qualifying uh, and talk about uh, their, their prospects and uh, their relative strength. So we'll begin with the, uh, uh, the FIFA and uh, ELO rankings. I think you call them ELO. I've gone back to uh, ELO rankings, but you go ahead, Connor. So Congo, the pot one team, are currently 67th um, in FIFA and 82nd uh, in ELO. Um, they actually peaked as high as 28th in FIFA uh, in June 2017. Um, but, you know, the 60s is kind of a bit more of an average spot for them. Um, Gabon, the pot two team, is 81st in FIFA and 91st in ELO. So only nine points behind Congo in the, the more reliable ELO rankings, um, despite being the pot two team. Uh, Mauritania um, are 113th in FIFA, 122nd in ELO. And Sudan are not all that far behind, 132nd in FIFA and 132nd in ELO. So just 10 places uh, separate Mauritania and Sudan uh, in the ELO rankings, but both teams there are below 100. Right. So we tend to uh, uh, favor the ELO rankings in terms of reliability. So just uh, 50 points separating all four teams, I think that's a lot less than most groups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think shows the, the tightness that we talked about right off, right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, just 10 points between Congo and Gabon and 10 points between Mauritania and Sudan. Well, that's interesting. Uh, let's take a look at the head-to-head. -head. Maybe you can uh, kind of give us the general summary and I'll add whatever details uh, are necessary. Yeah, so the top two, at least in terms of the pot rankings, uh, Congo, DR, and Gabon have an even record. Two wins, four draws, and two losses. Yeah, and most of those were uh, before 2000. But in 2021, uh, Gabon got the better of them. Uh, Gabon won 3 um, uh, nothing at home and tied uh, away. So I would say, uh, in terms of head-to-head, -head, Gabon looking a little better. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Congo DR versus Mauritania. They've never met, um, which is actually a bit of a theme we'll see in this group. 
So nothing to say there. Um, Congo DR uh, versus Sudan. Um, Congo DR edges it with two wins, two draws, and one loss. So overall, fairly close. Right, and uh, almost irrelevant because they haven't met since uh, uh, since 1976. They did meet in uh, two African Cups there, but and they tied both times. But we can we can't predict much uh, based on that. Yeah, and then um, the other three matchups, that's Gabon versus Mauritania, Gabon versus Sudan, and Mauritania versus Sudan. So those three three teams there, they never met uh, in competitive matches. So uh, no head-to-head uh, to speak of. Wow, that's uh, pretty amazing given the length of Sudan's history. Yeah. Okay, but no light or not much light being shed on the head-to-head front. Uh, but let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about things. You want me to kind of start with a with a, an overview? Yeah, go for it. I'd say this is a really difficult group to assess, you know. Uh, while, I, while all of them are kind of deserving of their pot placement, you can kind of understand why they're in the pot they are in. Uh, all of them have an argument for reaching the cup nevertheless. Uh, Gabon, uh, or Congo DR, as you said, at the, at the top is the top seeded team and definitely the strongest teams in terms of their history, but they're also the only team not to reach the cup. And in fact, uh, in 2021 there, they were ousted by Gabon. However, it wasn't a terrible performance and I don't think it should count uh, against them that much. Uh, Anything that you want to say about Congo DR? Yeah, they're, they're a team you're kind of waiting to become a really big team. I mean, in 2018 and 2022, good World Cup qualifying campaigns kind of show that perhaps they're moving in that direction. But um, yeah, recent, yeah. You know, a kind of poor African Cup results and failing at the last time kind of leave me kind of not sure what to think about them. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of excited when they came back to the World Cup, or sorry, to the African Cup, I think uh, in 2015 there, because. Uh, uh, they were they were kind of the most fun team in the cup, um, um, but yeah, definitely uh, a bit unreliable, I would say, and uh, certainly not guaranteed to win this group. Yeah, I, I do see them as a team that can kind of be a pot one team. You know, I, they're not. You know, certainly they're far off some of the likes of you know Algeria and Senegal and some of the top teams in Africa. Yeah, but I think they. You know, ultimately, I think they they belong and should see themselves kind of as a pot one team. Um, however, they just have to prove it, and you know that's getting to African Cups consistently, doing well there, and of course, you know, you know the World Cup qualification will be a big one for them. Yeah, what's your feeling about Gabon? Uh, Ten points behind in Elo rankings, a slightly better head to head record, I would say. Do you think uh, Gabon can topple them again? I think it's possible, and I would I would go as far as to say that Gabon are the best team in this group right now. Oh, how um, old. They've they've done well in in recent cups. They have a good squad of players. Um, you know, they showed their depth too. I mean, people know Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, and he was out, as were some other good players, and they still managed to make it to the round of sixteen, and only there and lost on penalties. Um, I think they're kind of a, a middling team with middling performances for the most part in recent times, but they're kind of on the upper side of that. Um, and yeah, some good performances in, in the 2021 Cup and recently 
um, makes me think that it's going to be very competitive at the top of the group. Yeah, I think you've gone a bit too far there for me, though. Uh, um, I mean, they they uh, it, in terms of recent form, I think they might have the edge on Congo DR. I think you know that I tend to think uh, a bit more historically. Uh, both of them finished behind uh, Gambia, we shouldn't fail to recall, in 2021. So it was a bit of a lapse for both of them. Uh, I feel that that uh, that's Congo DR's only recent lap. So, yeah, if they bring that form into this cup, Gabon could win. But um, uh, I'm not going to... Uh, uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say Gabon would win over them based on just that one campaign. In terms of the uh, the bottom two, I mean, these are both, um, you know, both teams that are coming off good results, hoping to get into an upswing. Mauritania with more of an argument because they've actually had three good African Cup campaigns in a row, um, the last two leading to qualification. So, you know, they can't be um, written off. Do you see Mauritania um, with a chance to challenge the top two? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure uh, history matters that much in, in the case of Mauritania. I mean, we see Sudan has a really long history, but it's not really, uh, you know, not really helping their cause much. Mauritania has kind of a, not necessarily, well, a shorter history and a weaker history. Uh, but again, uh, history counts a lot for me, and I really kind of feel like they're, last two qualifications we were careful to say that it wasn't a flash in the pan when we were describing them but we were also careful to say that it's not like a strong period yesterday uh, a, a, a strong period um i don't know why i said the word yesterday there uh it's not like a strong it's not an established strong period either their world cup form is poor so um I'm kind of thinking that it's not going to last uh, without meaning to be cruel, but it kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, I think it's very possible they could they could uh, look fairly weak here. Yeah, I think when they have reached the cup, I mean, they, they were they finished. They were the poorest record of any team in the last African Cup. I think in a, in a cup with 21, 24 teams, which means roughly half of the teams qualify. They're right uh -huh. on the edge of that 24th team. I think yeah. they'll get in sometimes, get in not, might depend on the strength of their group. And I think they've got two decently strong teams ahead of them. So um, I, I don't see them doing it this time, but they're probably, you know, I think a good period for them would kind of being right on that edge of, you know, making the cup, but maybe not have doing much when they're there. Yeah, and uh, and a, a reasonably strong team behind them. So I think this is a tough group for Mauritania. Um, they don't have kind of any really weak teams here to contend with. Sudan is more, I mean, they're not a strong team, but uh, it's more weak form. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you see Sudan uh, overtaking them here? I, I don't really see them overtaking Mauritania, but it's possible. Um, we saw recently that Sudan has kind of has had some very good results at home, um, especially in their most recent campaign. Um, if Sudan can maintain that strong home form, I don't see them challenging really for first for the first two spots. No, but I could see them overtaking Mauritania, um, you know, if they if they do well in their home games. Yeah, I feel so, too. Uh, I feel that that's going to be a good battle for uh, third place. 
I mean, it's possible that either these two teams, Mauritania and Sudan, uh, could have good campaigns and actually challenge for second because they've both done that before. Uh, but you know, it's it's not it's not guaranteed. That's kind of a, a, a could be an outside chance. Yeah, and I think it is a point to emphasize. I mean, Congo and Gabon both had a poor qualification run last time, so they're vulnerable. Mauritania and Sudan both show that they can rise to the occasion. So, you know, I think we both talked about a top two and bottom two. But um, again, I think a point to emphasize is that, you know, this is a group where we're a surprise. We could see it for sure. Yeah. Well, I think all of this discussion is really hiding your equivocation, Connor. So give it to me straight. How is this group going to end? I'm going to say Gabon finishes ahead of Congo DR. Um you know, narrowly, and then I'm going to um, put Mauritania just ahead of Sudan in third and fourth. Okay, so you're saying Congo DR second there. That's correct. And uh, yes, I, I I think that's a bold prediction to put Gabon ahead. I'm going to um, say Congo DR finishes first and Gabon second. In the course of discussion, I'm tempted to put Sudan uh, ahead of Mauritania, but I, I initially predicted Mauritania. Uh-oh, now I'm equivocating. Okay, well, just to uh, add some spice, I'm going to say Sudan third and Mauritania fourth. All right. Yeah, I would say overall I agree with the seeding, but I see the seeding as pretty fragile in this group. And uh, to me, this is probably the most exciting group in qualification because really anything could happen. Yes, I, I agree with all that. All well, right, we, well, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, we there are some results, so why don't we talk about how the group has started? Yeah, okay, well, let's make game-by-game game predictions, and do you have anything to say about Mauritania versus Sudan? That's the first game. Well, given I predicted Mauritania to finish ahead of Sudan, I, I feel I'm obliged to go with them, so I'm going to say 2 nothing win for Mauritania. Okay, and given that I, I said Sudan's going <laughs> to finish ahead of Mauritania, uh, I do actually favor Mauritania here. So my uh, logical side says 2-1 Mauritania, but I'm going to be bold and predict a tie. Uh, All right. Sudan 1-1. One, one. All right. The result of that game was Mauritania 3, Sudan 0. Oh, my goodness. Well, that really uh, gives them a leg up for the... Uh, for the third place there. Yeah. Uh, the next game is Congo DR versus Gabon. What do you think? Um, I think Gabon are, are good enough to get a draw. I don't necessarily see it in Congo. I think they can win the group without having to win this game, but I'm going to say a draw 1-1. One, one. Wow. How bold. Uh, I'm going to go the other way and say, uh, one thing we forgot to mention in the discussion is, I think having been uh, ousted by Gambia last time, I think Congo's going to be uh, pretty determined and down to business this time, uh, starting with this game. So I'm going to say a 2 nothing win over Gabon. The um, Neither of us were correct because Gabon pulled off the away win, one nothing over Congo. So big blow for Congo DR to start. Impressive win for Gabon on the road. Yeah, and I would say, uh, well, you were more right than me, both in uh, predicting a tie, but also in calling... Gabon ahead of Congo DR there, so uh, good one. Uh, I think you're, you're kind of uh, two points up on me now. Uh, now we have uh, the opposite teams playing at home, so we have uh, Gabon 
at home to Mauritania. Well, I'm going to say 2 nothing. Gabon continue a good start. Uh, given the win in Congo DR, I can't help but agree. I think there's very little chance of Mauritania getting anything away here. I'll go 2 nothing also. Uh, the result of this game was scoreless, nil-nil. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what a surprise. Well, the one thing we did predict was that this uh, group would be uh, one of the more exciting ones, and that's a great result for Mauritania. Yes, yeah, so that would, um, just looking at it, that would put Mauritania and Gabon each with a win and a draw um, atop the group after right two on games. Right on, and uh, let's see if Congo can... Um, can pull themselves out of this, but not an easy task with a win in Sudan. What do you think? Uh, sorry, I'm not saying that they won in Sudan. Yeah. I'm saying uh, winning in Sudan is not an easy task. Yeah, I think they will pretty much have to um, after their home loss to Gabon. So um, I'm going to say Congo comes out determined this time and wins 3-1. Uh, all right. Well, it might sound like I'm contradicting myself because I still think uh, Congo DR uh, could win this group. And as you say, they pretty much need a win here. But Sudan is so tough uh, at home that I'm going to say a 1-1 draw here, even though I'm kind of hoping uh, Congo DR will win. Well, um, you were correct that Sudan are strong at home. Uh, strong enough to earn victory over Congo oh, DR. 2-1. 2-1? 2-1. So, Another um, ghastly campaign for uh, Congo. Yeah, so that's um, Sudan with three points just behind the leaders and Congo at the bottom winless after two games. What do you make of that? Uh, I got to ask you, do you think Congo DR can pull out of this? It's going to be difficult. I mean, I think they're they're going to need. I don't think they can lose another, and I think they need three three wins from their next four games. Um, yeah, I think they can get through with ten points, um, but there's no real evidence, perhaps, to show that they're going to turn this around. They still got to go in Gabon, which you know will be a very tough game for them. Yeah. Um, is strong at home too, so um, yeah, Mauritania has a four point advantage now, and that. That could be enough. The next yeah. game, Congo DR versus Mauritania, is the next game to be played. That one is is obviously everything on the line. Is um, that in Congo DR or in it Mauritania? is in Congo DR? Okay, so they should be okay there. But uh, uh, wow, they're really almost running a risk of not even finishing in the top two again here. Yeah. Do you see them getting through? Uh, well, I'm, I'm getting a bit doubtful, uh, a bit doubtful here. I mean, they had a really good 22, uh, 2022 uh, World Cup qualifying campaign, so I really thought it was just a, a minor lapse. But, uh, uh, you know, this is a really poor start. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's 50-50 right now in terms of getting through. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, living up to expectations so far. Uh, in terms of being a very controversial or yes. a very uh, yeah <coughs> difficult group to predict, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you about this, Connor. And uh, actually, <coughs> um, we should uh, sign off. Yeah. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing the rest of this group play out. And uh, thanks as all. 
uh, as always. All right, uh, and I will probably see you again when we do our uh, World Cup uh, uh, groups overview. Which, yeah, Absolutely. we're hopefully going to uh, get the first one out in a week or so here. But um, we'll continue with our African Cup uh, uh, coverage. We'll finish all 12 groups here and then move on to the World Cup. And uh, for any information that you need on previous podcasts, you can uh, go to soccerfiles.captivate.fm or you can look up Soccer Files Canada. Uh, just type it into Google uh, with uh, soccer with a P-H, uh, P-H-I-L-E-S, uh, Soccer Files Canada, and you should be able to find us. Okay, all the best, Connor. All right, see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.